The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is the global business radio show for entrepreneurs. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome. This is the radio show where we tell it exactly the way it is, doing everything we can to assist entrepreneurs by bringing you the latest information every week all over the world, information that affects every business. We're also proud of the fact that we're the number one business radio show in the world for entrepreneurs, and we thank all of you for making us that. Now, as further proof of how WhatsApp remains the world's most popular messaging app, it was revealed a couple of days ago that it has hit a new record after processing 64 billion, that's 64,000 million messages in just 24 hours. That figure consists of 20 billion messages sent and 44 billion messages received. Now, these don't match because they include group messages, but it is an enormous amount of of messages. And Facebook announced in February February that it was acquiring WhatsApp in a deal worth $19 billion. Subsequently, the um, messaging app did go through a few rough patches. It had privacy issues, and there was a prolonged outage which benefited rival messaging apps, Telegram and Line, and uh, the companies assured everybody that um, the purchase by Facebook won't affect privacy, and it seems that uh, WhatsApp wanted to put all these concerns to rest by announcing this new record. Less than a year ago, WhatsApp was processing just just <laughs> 27 billion messages a day. So given that the new 64 billion figure is more than double that, it's proof of an incredible growth. WhatsApp also announced earlier this year that it has passed 465 million monthly active users and it's going to be adding voice calls this quarter as it seeks more avenues of growth. But 64 billion messages in 24 hours. Woo! Now, here's some results that I found astounding. I must admit I thought that Apple or Coca-Cola would be the number one brand in the world. But I found out this week that there are nine brands that command more respect than Apple. This really surprised me. Um, The brand strategy firm Core Brands just released its ranking of the world's 
100 most powerful brands. And despite reports that consumers are getting tired of Apple's advertising, the company was the only tech brand to make the top 10, climbing six spots from last year's ranking. Apple was joined on the list by four food and drink brands, a financial services company, a media giant, two medical and chemical companies, and America's motorcycle king, which also surprised me, I must admit. The biggest upward mover on the list was Amazon, and that cracked the top 100 for the first time. Now, I would have thought that Amazon would have been down, maybe not in the top 10, but certainly in the top 20, but it's actually number 91. So uh, Core Brands determines these rankings by surveys of 10,000 business executives, over 1,000 companies, and um, measuring what esteem people held brands in. So let's just run through the top 10. Number 10, Apple. Apple jumped six spots from last year, but number 10, not bad. Number nine, surprised me, Kellogg. So Kellogg's number nine, American Express number eight, PepsiCo number seven, Walt Disney number six. Well, Walt Disney's always been a you know really well respected brand. Harley Davidson at five, Johnson and Johnson at four, Bayer, another drug and chemical company at three, Hershey's Chocolates. At number two, I think it's fantastic. I love Hershey's chocolates. <laughs> and number one, Coca-Cola. And it's ranked number one every year since the power rankings began in 2008. Now, when you're building your personal brand, you want to make sure that you're visible to the people who are making decisions about you. So when building your brand on the web, that means showing up on page one of the search results for Google search. Why? Because if you're not on page one, you are invisible. A Gravitate Online study showed that 94% of people only click on a first page result and less than 6% on a page two result. So if you want to get noticed, either your business or your company or whatever, you have to be on page one, 94% click people on page one. So how do you make that happen? How do you make sure that you're on page one? Video, one word. Videos are much more likely than text pages to get that number one slot. So while you're working on your blogs and your articles and your white papers, spend time to create a video bio or a series of thought leadership videos or whatever, but get those videos up on YouTube. Doing so is your best opportunity to stand out from the pack and increase your influence and get on that front page. So in addition to increasing the likelihood that you'll pop up on the front page, there are a lot of other reasons for um, incorporating video into your personal branding strategy, which include, um, firstly, video is really popular. It's the most consumed content format online. Video websites attract more than three times as many visitors as text, blogs, or whatever. Secondly, video search is hot. After Google, YouTube has the most searches. 
So technically, YouTube's not a search engine, but the number of daily searches on YouTube is greater than that of Yahoo, Bing, Ask, and AOL combined. So video on YouTube, hot and critical. Thirdly, video's bloody easy. You know, not long ago, creating a video was difficult. You need to go into a studio, get an editor, you know, all of that. Now, you just stick up your iPhone because of the, the great HD video cameras that are in it and create, edit your own video and promote it. The fourth reason you should use video is that it builds trust. You know, effective personal branding requires building emotional connections with people that are in your branding community. So video is the next best thing to being there. You can see the color, the feel, you get the um, emotion, the honesty, and it conveys your personality in a way that words just can't do it if they're on a page. Fifth, video helps you stand out. Many of your peers and competitors aren't using video yet. Most don't have a YouTube channel. That means that your videos give you an instant competitive edge and the opportunity to distinguish yourself from the others who do, you know, quite frankly, the same stuff you do. The sixth reason is that video is current. You're a marketer. You want to be using the most latest tools to get your message across. So you have to use video. And prepare a number of videos. Get them out there. Get them up on YouTube. Have your YouTube page. It builds your brand. So you're convinced. I've now convinced you that um, video is powerful, right? So use these Google-friendly tips to increase your chances of getting your video to appear on page one. Focus on quality. A small number of high-quality videos will build your brand. Several mediocre videos, they just might detract from it. People might look at it and say, eh, not very professional, eh, don't like what this guy's doing, so they don't work for you. Make your videos scream quality. You know, this is a high-quality, impactful, content-quality video. Have good lighting good sound, and have a good tight frame that gets the message across. And remember, practice, 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 practice. Quality increases your video quality and ensure that you're seen in the most positive light. When using video, carefully choose the right file name. When choosing your video file names, use keywords related to how you want to be known. For example, my video file names contain the words personal branding. Then make sure you use the right keywords. Make sure your video descriptions and tags are replete with the keywords related to how you want to be known. The words people are going to use to go and find you. Number 10, start with YouTube. Create a YouTube channel and host your videos there. And remember that YouTube is owned by Google. 11, make sure you embed your videos. 
embed your videos in your website or blog, your LinkedIn profile, and other places where you can control your content. Finally, don't forget promotion. You know, it's really important. Promote your video to your brand so that it gets viewed. Few people know the exact details of the Google algorithm. But popularity is defined, it's one of the factors. Popularity is one of the factors. That's yet another reason to create high-quality, compelling videos. Now, video is the future of personal branding, and company branding as well. Become skilled at creating and promoting videos now so that you get noticed and you stay out in front. Now, this program, it's all about entrepreneurs. We salute you whether you, no matter what sort of an entrepreneur you are, whether you're open to dry cleaners or whether you've just developed a new app. We don't care whether you're 14, 44, or 114. If you're an entrepreneur, we love you. If you've got enough guts to get off your ass and go out there and kick the world around and try to achieve on your own, we're a big fan and we'll do anything at all we can to assist you. Now, you're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and the whole reason that we're here is to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. So if you have got a question about any aspect of business whatsoever, please don't hesitate to call me, email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we'll either answer it on air or we will email you directly. Now, we're the number one show in the world for entrepreneurs, so no matter where you are on the planet, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. Now, a long time ago... um, I met uh, Tim on his 50th birthday. I was up at Microsoft doing some work and uh, Tim was there visiting his mate, um, Bill Gates. And uh, so we had a bit of a, there was a bit of a celebration going on and Tim got up and sang some of his famous songs and a good time was had by all. So I'll be speaking to him immediately after the break. Tim's called the Prince of Silicon Valley. And he's the billionaire behind Hotmail, Skype, Baidu, and a host of other major successes. And uh, he coined the phrase viral marketing. He used it to drive Hotmail and others. He launched DFJ, Global Network, a venture capital company, in 30 cities around the world. And he was 52 on the list, Harvard's list of the 100 most influential Harvard alumni. Tim also set up the Draper University of Heroes in Silicon Valley, which my son went to and absolutely loved, raves about it all the time. It's a totally new way of teaching people how to be entrepreneurs and what's involved in the real world, not this airy-fairy crap that you get taught at college. This is stuff that's actually gears you up for business in the real world. So... Tim will be on after this break, and he's talking about his six Californias, which is really interesting and very logical, good thinking. So you're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business, the number one show in the world for entrepreneurs, and I'll be back with Tim in just a moment. 
Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. And the segment of the show where we talk to people who take initiatives that can help entrepreneurs to become more successful. I try to ask questions that will provide answers that are of benefit to all of us. You know, it's bloody hard to be successful. So if we can find out what makes successful people tick, what's made them successful, then we can take away from that experience and it'll make our journey in business less challenging. This program's all about saluting and assisting entrepreneurs. No matter what your endeavor, I don't care if you're opening a dry cleaning store or whether you've just designed a new app. We need to emulate success stories and encourage others to get out and have a go. My guest today is Tim Draper, described as the Prince of Silicon Valley, the billionaire behind Hotmail, Skype, Baidu and a host of other major successes. Tim coined the phrase viral marketing and used it to drive Hotmail and others. He launched DFJ Global Network for early stage venture capital funds in 30 countries around the world. He was 52 on the 100 most influential Harvard alumni and number seven on the Forbes Midas list. Tim also set up the Draper University of Heroes in Silicon Valley. It's an unconventional world-class residential and online school for the brightest young entrepreneurs from around the world. Draper University challenges budding entrepreneurs to try new things. It's got a totally different curriculum than most of the colleges and uh, it it's more in tune with today's new era of business. My son Hunter did the course um, a couple of years ago and still raves about it. He says that he learnt more in the time that he was there than he did in four years of college, more about getting out into the world and making a buck. Now Tim's proposed a ballot initiative that if he garners the required 807 thousand signatures which seems like a daunting task but nevertheless it'll ask voters to split California into six states if nothing else it's bold and in many many ways very audacious but it makes a hell of a lot of sense I met Tim at Microsoft a few years ago on his 50th birthday when he entertained us with one of his famous songs if you haven't seen his songs, go and look up Tim Draper on YouTube and 
He's anything but contra- but conventional, this guy. Hi, Tim. Good morning. Great. Thanks for having me on the show, Bob. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to start by asking you the same question I asked you last time you were on the show. Um, you're a venture capital legend who's done it all. You've now taken a couple of years off from venture capital and you've put a lot of focus into the Drape University of Heroes. So what is it that gets Tim Draper up in the morning compared with a year or so ago? Well, yeah, a lot has changed over that period of time. Um, what what gets me up um, are really when I when I see um, when I see a problem, a big problem. Uh, I look at it as a an opportunity. I think about how it when when problems seem unsolvable. Um, I like to look at them and and see what how might they be solved. Yeah. And uh, in two thousand eight, when the um, the market crashed and it felt like the world was coming to an end, or at least the economic world. Uh, I thought well, the world needs more heroes, and that that was my impetus to get going on Draper University of Heroes, and uh, and it's really helped. I mean, we we um, we create forty new heroes every uh, every quarter, and uh, and it it really has made an impact on the world, your son included. And the, uh, and then, and then I thought about California because my, my, uh, adult children are all settling here in California. And I, yeah. I thought, <clears throat> uh, boy, this is, uh, really, do you want to settle in this state? All the jobs seem to be leaving and the, uh, the, uh, highways are all crowded and falling apart and the, there's a water shortage because we have bad bad infrastructure for water and uh this doesn't seem like the the place that that you'd want to settle if you if you knew kind of how the, the state was run hmm. and then i really started thinking about it and they said yeah we're going to settle here and i realized that i i have to look at it more from the the positive side how would I redefine the state? How would um, Californians benefit from living here? And I realized that it, it's just gotten to be uh, a state of rust, <laughs> and it needs it needs a refresh. Right. Um, the state has fallen to fiftieth out of fifty as the it's now the worst managed state in the union. And we pay the most, we get the worst service, and we're 46th in education, which makes me worry about my grandchildren, and who, who one of them is actually coming along. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so I got really excited about the idea of some sort of a refresh, and the way we look at a, a situation like this in the venture capital business is what, what startup uh, can come and and improve the situation in an industry. And if you look at government that way, you see that there's a uh, California is in effect a monopoly where we only have one choice. And if there are six new states created in California in this region, uh, then we would have six choices, and it would be it would allow the people of each of those. States to to recreate what their state 
really could look like, and we'd take back our democracy. We'd be closer to our governments, and we'd be, and our governments would be uh, refreshed. And and uh, I mean, there there's no way anybody who decided to start a new state would create what we have in Sacramento. Is it a bit like business where um, you have your leg- legacy businesses that are doing the same old stuff and struggling along in a big and cumbersome and slow to move, can't pivot um, compared with new era businesses, for, to, for want of a better term, that are smaller and nimble and much more technology, um, take much more advantage of technology. And uh, so it's just that this big cumbersome machine, who I guess is generally made up of older people because older people seem to control politics and therefore it's just totally out of touch with today's reality i think i think that's right there it's very difficult for um californians to understand what's really going on in sacramento and it's very difficult for the people in sacramento to figure out what's going out going on amongst the 38 million people here right. there um i remember being in this uh state board of education and making decisions that I had no business making uh, from an ivory tower perspective when uh, when a local decision would have been much, much better. Right. Uh, we had one, uh, there was somebody in uh, Petaluma who came to us at the state board level, and they said, uh, we would like to use our milk money to build a gym. Right. And I said, well, <laughs> gee, you know, boy, you're taking milk out of the mouths of children, and I was very concerned. And then I realized that Petaluma is a place that has it's swimming in milk. They <laughs> they have more cows than people in Petaluma, and so I started to realize that that trying to make these these very important decisions at the state level made no sense, and local decisions were much, much more valuable because people who were local to Petaluma would understand that building the gym was much more important to them than the milk, uh, than getting more, even more milk into that region. <laughs> so what does splitting California into six, into six um, states do? Wouldn't there be well, any... It, if, if I it, was... It, if, in a, yeah, go on. In effect, it, it uh, creates uh, six new platforms for growth. So I actually believe that if if we can do this, 40 years from now, we could we will have six of the most valuable states in the union. And uh, because a, a good platform for growth is uh, is incredibly valuable. 222 years ago, the U.S. was that platform for growth. They they created right. that constitution and it really it made it so that we are living as the wealthiest country in the world more or less wealthiest and uh, and we all benefited from that so six new platforms uh, allows us to think forward and and project out how how these states should be managed and how how they can create a a great platform for growth and prosperity okay if i I wanted to be if I wanted to be governor of one of these six states, I'm going to pick Silicon Valley <laughs> because you know, where you can make products for a dollar and sell them for four hundred, as against growing a carrot for a dollar and selling it for a dollar five. I mean, that's a hard way to make a living. So, how do you balance up 
the inequities that are obviously going to um, arise from from any split. <laughs> Terrific. I hope you do run for governor of Silicon Valley. Um, well, it turns out that uh, it's very interesting that the the have-nots of the current state are the ones who are the most active and anxious to make this uh, six states proposal uh, successful. They, um, in the Central Valley, uh, a couple of things are happening. One is they're uh, they're feeling as though Sacramento is just dribbling out water one drip at a time to them, and they uh, and they have to jump through all sorts of hoops to get it. Right, and they would much rather have a state compact uh, where they they had some sort of a guarantee of water because they feed most of the population of the United States and a lot of the world. Sure, and but- it's a very important part of our ecosystem. Now, in addition, the Central Valley, I believe, if they had their own state, would be, become a great manufacturing sector because what I've learned is that uh, that we are losing a lot of our our companies to other states. Sure. Uh, we just lost uh, Occidental Petroleum to Texas, and we um, and Elon Musk. I mean, we were all excited because Tesla was going to be the great car company. I love Tesla. Cars in the U.S. Yeah. And, I mean, in California, and yeah. and uh, Elon Musk is now. Uh, trying to figure out where to build his battery his factory battery plant and, yeah and none of and there are five states that are in the running and none of them are California now oh, really? if the central valley had its own state i believe the central valley would be be a state that would encourage businesses like tesla to come build their plants in the central valley so they will benefit in a big way okay um, let's, silicon let's... valley also will benefit I think um, having a government that's more in tune with technology, I think, would be a fabulous thing for Silicon Valley. Well, all all governments need to be much more in tune with technology, but I guess they're trying to walk a tightrope. If they they get too technologically advanced, then um, you know we're going to have a hell of a lot more unemployed people, and that's a bit of a worry. But let's for a second go back. Well, to I'm not so I'm not so sure about that. Actually, I think you you. As we get more technologically advanced, there are just different jobs. Yeah, uh, and and if if a computer can do something that a person can do, uh, the person can advance beyond the computer and and come up with other things that they can do. So yeah. I think actually it's it's great progress to have um, people figure out ways for a computer to do the job that a person used to do because or a machine. Because we um, we live better lives then. Yeah, well, but let, take Tesla for a second. Um, you know, where we used to have General Motors turning out cars that needed, you know, 4,000 people on the factory floor, Tesla's being made with a whole bunch of robots and one guy with an iPad. But it could be. And um, and that freed up four thousand people to go start other companies and build other and challenge Tesla with maybe another company that's better. Uh, they can go off and do the things that they plan to do with their lives. They uh, there are a lot of good things that come when when a company comes up with a new technology uh, 
that I, I, allows people to uh, to have, in effect, jobs that are more um, more advanced. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with that. In that, um, but I'm one of these people who believes that if you if you look at the population as a whole, you've got um, 10% of people that are real go-getters and are smart enough to be mega successful. And you've probably got another 10% that um, are pretty good. But you've got a hell of a lot at the bottom that um, don't have the drive, the initiative, the ability, or this, this sounds... <laughs> I know what it sounds like. It sounds terrible. But I think that... Um, it's true, and it, it's difficult, therefore, to, to um, in, in an ideal world, everybody be an entrepreneur and out there kicking ass, but it doesn't work that way, does it? Well, we do have high unemployment in California. We have 8 or 9% unemployment, and it's, um, it's higher than it should be. Sure. And, uh, and a lot of that is because we are losing jobs to other states. Uh, I don't believe it's because of uh, mechanizing or automating. Okay. I actually think mechanizing and automating create more jobs ultimately, let, and let. and and more wealth for the society, and we're all better off. Now, I ha- actually have more confidence in people than that. I actually think that people, when when one job is uh, is outdated, right, they retrain and they work hard and they come up with new ways of operating. In fact, when we have a recession, some of the best entrepreneurial visions and ideas come out of that. Time. Yeah, I, I I understand that. I think that's um but again, I I think it's a fairly sm- small percentage of people. Just going back to your water one drip at a time. Um so at the moment they get water one drip at a time because they're competing with a whole bunch of other interests in Sacramento in people that presumably don't understand um, how to divvy up the water more equitably. But if you've got six states all competing to get the same water, um, aren't they still going to be getting water one drip at a time? It's not going to increase their influence, is it? Or is it? No, they'll get. actually it'll work much better. First of all, the infrastructure will be better, presumably, because, I mean, right now, we used to spend 26% on infrastructure, and now we spend 3% on infrastructure. And we lose about 30% of the water because of bad waterways. Right. Uh, there, so, I mean, there's 30% right there. Yeah. Now, um, now, how the states will divvy up the water, as you say, um, I actually believe that, I mean, state compacts have been going for years. We still get a lot of our water from Colorado. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of... Uh, we we will with six states there are going to be plenty of experts figuring out what's the best way to to operate the water systems and those negotiations will go on during the time after uh six states is is brought to uh life and before uh the u.s uh awards us six states so during that whole period, it's like a two-year period, all of those negotiations can take place, and we will end up with a much better system for water. And uh, and I think we're going to all be a lot better off. And the, um, it's interesting, the people up way up north have a lot of water, yeah. and, and they are the, the poorest region. 
And so I'm sure that there can be some horse trading that goes on there that can um, improve the situation for people up north. They're, they're also feeling they're getting taxation without representation. Yeah, well, I'm, <laughs> I think a lot of us feel like that. <laughs> well, see, I think everybody feels a little out of touch with their government, and I think if the government's closer to them, uh, they're going to feel much better about it, physically closer and and uh, for a smaller population. Okay, isn't there an argument that there's already too much bureaucracy and duplication of, of administrative functions? Um, won't six Californias blow out these even more? I mean, we, we seem to be overrepresented to buggery considering we don't get anything for it. Or we get, you know, you'd think, we you'd get think poor, that would be man, the case. poor government. Yeah, you would think that would be the case, that six governments would, would be bigger than one government. But it turns out it's just the opposite. All the biggest, uh, all the largest states have the most bloated bureaucracies, and the smaller states have very efficient bureaucracies. I mean, for example, the average senator uh, in California has about 40 staffers, and the average um, uh, the average assemblyman has about 30 staffers. So right. I don't believe that we need that many staffers for each congressman or senator. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, the Department of Education has 2,500 people in it. Right. I don't believe that. I mean, I think you can get by with 20 people in each Department of Education, and uh, and so 2,500 people. It's a lot more than whatever twenty times six hundred and twenty. So I think we will actually have a much more streamlined government, right? Uh, set of governments. Yeah, and, I can see that. Uh, and a smaller government uh, tends to be better run, according to the uh, the rankings that we've seen. This this is slightly off the off the point, but. Isn't one of our big problems? Um, we had. Uh, um, I was listening to a speaker the other day. He was talking about um, the number of students in high school in America that um, can write code, mm -hmm. and the number of kids in high school in China that can write code. And uh, he was saying that in China. Almost a hundred percent of kids in high school can write code. In America, it's four percent. Now, so don't we have an education system that's just totally out of whack with today's um, commercial marketplace, the needs of the world? Isn't the education system just hopelessly inadequate? Yes. <laughs> in a word, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, there's so much more we could do in education. There is, uh, we are, uh, we are, and, and in California, that's the U.S. The U.S. is slipping and has been for yeah. quite a few years, 20 years. California's been slipping for 40 years. Right. And uh, we're now 46th of the 50 states in a country that is also slipping in education. We really need to revamp education. And I think uh, six states, uh, by creating six Californias, we, we begin that process where we have a new platform from which to uh, drive education. And I think we'll end up with a much better education system uh, because it will be more 
modern, more in tune. And uh, and I think we do have a, this is an enormous problem. And it's not just coding, it's everything. Yeah. It's, it's, are, are, are the children learning, children learning uh, the right things to make them uh, become productive members of our society? You know, yeah. I mean, we, we in California should just be thanking the immigrants every day, every thought we ever have, because our education system is failing, but our immigrants are keeping us propped up. Well, I, I know Hunter um, has worked uh, overseas during during um, school breaks. He's worked overseas, he's worked in the States, and he says that what he's learning at college when he moves into a job, it's quite a disruption. There's He's not as in tune with the environment, the work environment as he should be. Um, and he, he said that um, while he was at um, Draper University of Heroes, he got a much better handle on how the world works and how he's expected to um, perform in the real world than he did in all the time at um, at George Washington University, which is no slouch university. So do we just need yeah, to... Yeah, I mean, I, part of me wants to, um, wants to lead by example, and that's what Draper University of Heroes is all about. And... I, I want uh, students to be able to see what it's like to have a have a university that's really focused on getting them ready for the real world and and beyond that um, going into the real world with with gusto and enthusiasm and the skills um, that you need yeah yeah and and the uh, and I think a lot of schooling has started to rest on its laurels, but it, it's even worse in K-12. And the only way I can see um, to improve K-12 is really to create a fresh start. And a fresh start in California means six Californias. And that's kind of, uh, that's been my thinking. So it gets people to, how, how would this happen? You, if, let's say... Um, you get your 807,000 signatures and, and we say, okay, let's have a look at this. Who then sits down and decides who these six Californias will be and how they will operate? I mean, because the people that are in the status quo um, want to stay where they are. <laughs> you know, they've got yeah, a right. nice life. <laughs> mortgage. Right, I think you know? it's going to... I mean, the, the challenges to this uh, to this initiative are going to be coming from the special interests who are who have extra power, yeah, and or disproportionate amount of power, and the incumbents, the people who absolutely who currently sort of in effect rule California. Yeah. Um, I and uh, and so they there will be some uh, some opposition, which I am I, I assume is coming, um, but I think. Okay. After it passes, uh, then we uh, uh, we've set it up so that uh, 26 people will negotiate for those uh, six states. 24 people will negotiate for those six states. Okay. Six people from the Senate, six people from the Assembly, 
and then two people uh, who are supervisors for uh, for various counties from each of the six states. And that group will negotiate out how how higher ed is handled and how uh, water is handled and uh, and and how the assets and liabilities will be handled and um, and they can uh, if if they can't come to terms with it over a period of about two years, then uh, then it just is strictly divided according to population and right. area. Uh, and that, um, and I, I think that that will work out well because I think they'll come up with solutions that are better for everybody. As as things get negotiated out, both parties usually end up better off, and, uh, and I think we're all going to end up better off. Isn't the isn't the education system, for example, a great? Um, Example of how difficult this will be in that we're sitting here. We've known for 25 years that our education system in the States um, is not what it should be. We know we're slipping compared with the rest of the world. We see the comparisons with China and Korea and countries like that all the time. And yet things are getting worse. Nobody's actually sat down and said, hey, this whole thing needs a bloody big shake-up. Why don't we grab it by the scruff of the neck, start from scratch and really put in a system that works? We don't. We just keep doing the same old shit that doesn't work year in, year out, and it gets worse. So, yeah. definition of insanity. Yeah, exactly. I'm good at that. To do the same thing over <laughs> and over and expect a different result. We yeah, have, exactly. We have the status quo. It's doing the same thing over and over, and somehow we keep thinking that things are getting better. And things, things you know, on the margin, they'll get better, and then they'll get worse, even worse. And then they'll right. get a little better, and they'll get even worse. So over over time, we are just headed down a very very dark hole. And I think we we really just have to recognize that and realize that there's going to be some disruption that happens because of six Californias. And but, but then uh, once it is passed, uh, and we get through the, that disruption, we then have a, a wonderful set of platforms for for great uh, education for great. Uh, systems of government for um, and and they will keep improving because they'll be watching each other and they'll be making sure that they're they're up to snuff if if they uh, if they slip or they get rusty the way California's gotten uh, then the population will move to a different state right so how will the six Californias attract more business just the fact that they're more aggressive and they're smaller and more nimble and well, I think all of those. I think um, they're going to be smaller, more nimble. They're going to be more relevant to their people. For instance, right. in Los Angeles, they've lost a lot of um, Hollywood has lost a lot of its uh, hegemony. Yeah, how because, ridiculous is that? <laughs> because they, yeah, because uh, people are doing a good job of of attracting these movie producers outside of the state and so a lot of the, the movies are now made in in uh, other states in North Carolina and Louisiana and um, yeah. also in Canada and Australia um, and it's happening more and more now that state would like to be able to attract all those movie people back but uh, but there's no way they can convince all of the rest of California to do anything to attract those 
yeah. those movie people back. And the Silicon Valley, similarly, has um, there are now Silicon Valleys starting up all over the world because it's been such a great model here. Yeah, and uh, and Silicon Valley really needs to keep its edge by being technologically advanced and moving ahead faster. And they they will uh, they will do that. They will improve if uh, if given an opportunity for a new platform. Tim. Thanks very much for being on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, if you're out there listening and you see a petition for Tim Six California's initiative, make sure you sign it because we really do need a big shake-up. And uh, I think it's making um, states that better reflect the reality of the world and the technology advances that we've made and the communication advances that we've made is critical to the success of not only California but to the whole country. So if you see the the petition, make sure you sign it. Um, I really really appreciate you being on the show, Tim. And if you'd like to learn more about Tim or any of his many projects, simply Google Tim Draper. You will find multitude more of than stuff. you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is an interesting guy, though. This is Bob Pritchard. You're listening to the Thank Bob Pritchard you, Bob. Radio Show on Voice America Business, and I'll be back with you in just a moment. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to Bob at BobPritchard.com. That's Bob at BobPritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, absolutely no bullshit business radio show. And uh, coming to you this week from lovely Sydney Harbour. And uh, I'm on a a three-city tour of the East, giving some speeches, meeting some clients. So um, very pleasant. Off to Singapore tomorrow. So um, all's good. Now, one thing I love about giving presentations about business all over the world like this is that, um, and last count I think I've spoken in 53 countries, is that businesses, no matter where they are or what the nature of the business whether they're a dry cleaning shop or whether they're an app developer, all have the same problems. Running a running a business is difficult, and um, you know, apart from the actual invention itself or the whatever it is, the um, the mechanics of running the business and marketing the business and um, administering the business, financial control, etc., they're all constant, um, no matter where you are in the world. So. I love this segment because it gives people a chance from everywhere to ask questions that will help everyone. My first email is from Margaret Hayes, who has a hairdressing salon in Amherst, New York. Um, Margaret writes, great show. Um, Thanks, Bob. Very informative. I bought your book. And for a small business, it's really easy to follow. And I'm enjoying it very much. 
you have a great chapter called added value, but I'm still not sure how I can add value for clients that come to my salon. Can you give me a few pointers on what I can do? It would also be great if we could have somebody like you come and do a workshop here. Do you do that? The experts don't seem to come to smaller towns to do workshops, and we need your sort of guidance, so I'm sure you get a huge turnout. Okay, Margaret. Um, I'd love to be able to do workshops right across the country, and fortunately, time always seems to me a gimme, um, but um, it's a lovely idea, and maybe one day I'll, I'll get to be able to do that. I did a tour a few years ago where I did 46 cities in 40, 46 cities in 45 days, and uh, it was great. It, we had a really good time, made a few dollars, and uh, a lot of people got a lot of great information, so maybe I'll try to do that again. Uh, so let's look at added value. You know, there's literally dozens and dozens of things that you can do. For example, um, you could get customers to call on approach to the salon and then get a junior to go and park their car for them. Um, you know, I hate it when I've got to go somewhere specific where I need to get a parking spot in a specific place because it's difficult to get parking spots and you drive around and around. Wastes time. It's damn annoying. So... Um, I did one for a hairdressing salon where they, as they were approaching, they'd phone up and uh, a junior would come out, take the car, go and park it. I just walked straight in and it was um, and it was terrific. You can also make appointments to go to people's homes or their business. Now, that always that's always um, a great hit because, you know, a lot of us don't have time to head off and drive to a salon and do whatever. So if you can come to them... Um, that's great added value, and people don't, don't people don't mind paying an extra few bob. You know, um, one of the great things about business, and something that most people don't realise, is that only in about fifteen percent of cases is the price a determinant in what service people use. So, eighty-five percent of people, price is not the determinant. So, if you're giving people added value, making it more convenient, then you are likely to get their business irrespective of a few extra dollars. Um, make sure, Margaret, that you've got a database of all your clients, details of their birthdays, details of their anniversaries, so you can send them a special offer on their special day. And, you know, just give them a little bit extra. Make them feel special. Everybody has a, four or five special days a year. And if you can get their business every one of those special days and give them a reason for coming and making them feel appreciated, then you'll get them back over and over again. Um, make sure you've got a coffee machine so that when they sit down, they can have a cappuccino or a latte or give them a couple of bonus movie tickets. You can buy bonus movie tickets on Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays in a lot of places for practically nothing. But people really appreciate getting a couple of, uh, of um, theatre tickets and, you know, they don't take into account that you might have got them for three bucks. Um, you can also invite uh, regular customers to come in on a specific day when they get their normal appointment and maybe get their nails done free as a bonus uh, just get a uh, nail person to come to the salon for a day probably get them for a pretty good rate and make those customers of yours feel really special and they're just a couple of the things that i can think of just off the top of my head that you can do um but you know it's just about 
most businesses are too, you know, provide exactly what they have to provide and too bloody lazy to give any more. So the more you give, you try to give stuff that, that has a nice effect but doesn't cost much, um, then adding, adding that value makes you different and puts you in demand. Adding value really doesn't cost much. And if you think about it hard, it doesn't need to cost you much at all. Uh, but it makes your customers feel good makes you feel good and builds you a customer for life. More importantly, it gets word of mouth going. And this is the really powerful way to build your business. And it's much, much cheaper than advertising. Margaret, as you already have my book, which incidentally is called Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, I'll send you a set of CDs that I'm sure you'll enjoy instead and that'll go off to you tomorrow my second email is from Juan Covas of Madrid Spain and Juan writes dear Bob thanks for your show I have a small business with just 10 employees and I would like to know what advantage there is in using cloud computing well one cloud computing allows all of a small business's critical transactions as well as all your economic e-commerce and website traffic data to be accessible at any time anywhere with the proper application. So a program such as New Tech Advantage, it's extremely beneficial to small business owners such as yourself because it allows you to see your real-time business information from any computer, any smartphone or tablet. And uh, cloud computing allows you to spend less time dealing with administrative matters and more time selling and servicing customers. It also gives you more control and less surprises. You know, all your key business stats and metrics are available in real time, no matter where you are, then you can make much more informed decisions faster, and you're never going to be out of touch with, um, with the most important business data. It also leads to decreased costs and the expense of an IT department. Everything is available at your fingertips in the cloud. So one, cloud computing is the way of the future, it saves you time and money, it makes your information and business management data available and usable no matter where you are in the world. A copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets will be sent to you tomorrow, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com. It's a new website, so I'm interested in hearing what you think. Bob Pritchard, P-R-I-T-C-H-A-R-D.com. Send in your questions, email me at bob at bobpritchard.com, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, become my contact on LinkedIn. Next week, we're speaking with Chris Adams, who is world-class. He's got groundbreaking credits that go on for pages and pages. The guy's a wonderful guy, and uh, I'm talking to him next week. So thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard Absolutely No Bullshit Business Radio Show. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. I'm Bob Pritchard. I hope you have a brilliant week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.